to me, being selfish means being in alignment with yourself, finding the vibration that is right for you and feels right for you and following that vibration, which is really our inner selves. And I think it's a beautiful word because the more selfish we can be, actually, the more we can give. Welcome to the Seeds of Growth podcast. My name is Pumehana Palmer. I'm a mindset and growth coach to new real estate agents, small business owners, and high-achieving female entrepreneurs. I believe that true success happens from the inside out, and I'm on a mission to plant seeds of growth and transformation, one powerful conversation at a time. Each week, I'll bring you a solo episode, interview, or coaching experience with business owners just like you to help you shift your perspective, elevate your beliefs, and build a business that inspires you. Now let's dive into today's episode. Today, I'm chatting with my good friends, David and Dara Woodward. These individuals have played a major role in both my personal and professional transformation journey. Friends, I am so excited for you to get to know them and soak up the knowledge and wisdom and goodness that I've been so privileged to tap into over the last 13 years of knowing them. David Woodward is a doctor of physical therapy, having received his bachelor's of health science and doctorate in physical therapy from St. Francis University in Pennsylvania. He founded his private practice, Naopono Physical Therapy, in 2015 and has since then utilized groundbreaking technology such as pulsed electromagnetic fields, hyperbaric chambers, and nervous system therapies to enhance his patient's healing, recovery, and optimization, all things of it which I have used myself. David is also a professional Hawaiian musician of 20 years and a three-time Na Hoku Hanohano Award winner, which here in Hawaii, that's basically our Grammys. That is the Grammys of Hawaii. David is the proud husband of Dara Chun Woodward and father to Isaac and Skylar. His wife, Dara, has been a licensed esthetician for 17 years, and after years of working in spas that elevated the bar of the aesthetics industry here in Hawaii, she dove headfirst into entrepreneurship and founded Aesthetics by Dara back in 2014. Her vision was to use her skills and techniques while incorporating what she and her husband were learning about biohacking, wellness, and tech in order to help her clients transform how they felt about themselves through skincare. With a diverse background, having earned a degree in business from Washington and Jefferson College in Pennsylvania, and her private pilot's license from the University of North Dakota, Dara was able to make a confident and heartfelt pivot, making waves in the wellness industry here in Hawaii. Since then, she has proudly joined forces with her husband, David, in developing and nurturing their legacy through their children and the Naopono wellness brand. Naopono is a family business that is centered around serving their clients powerfully through education, providing quality products and services, and cultivating a community of wellness and well-being. I am so excited to present this recording and this episode to you guys. I hope you enjoy it. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Seeds of Growth. My name is Pumehana Palmer. I am your host. 
And I am particularly jazzed about today's episode. I know I say that about most of my episodes, but this one is particularly special because of whom our guests are today. I have been wanting to hit record with these two individuals for the longest time. Today, I have my good friends, Dara and David Woodward. They've been an incredible presence in my life. They have known me, God, when I was like young, dumb and broke, like how mm, I think I met Dara. I met you when I was like 22 years old. It was a long time ago. Yeah. And you guys have have been there to guide and watch me from, you know, when I was in that period of my life. No kids, no responsibilities, living like I had no responsibilities to becoming a new mother twice over and building a business and and everything in between. So you guys are such an influential part of my life. And I am so, so excited to introduce you to my sphere and my audience. So thank you so much for being here. Oh my goodness. Thank you for having us. All for having us. It's been such a joy watching you grow and mature and blossom into a beautiful, intelligent businesswoman. Thank you so much. That means a lot. That really means a lot to me. So guys, you already heard the formal bio, but just a reminder, uh, just a recap, David is a doctor and has been a doctor of physical therapy since 2009. Uh, He received his bachelor's of science and doctorate in physical therapy from St. Francis University in Loretto, Pennsylvania. He has a background in sports and volleyball, playing for uh, Division One of the NCAA, and he has started Na'al Pono Physical Therapy, his business, back in 2015. David is also a professional musician and a professional recording artist, also a three-time Na'ahoku Hanohano Award winner. And if you are... In Hawaii, if you are local and listening to this, you know that that is a big deal. David is also a proud husband of Dara and father to Isaac and Skylar and has been a biohacker since 2013. You guys, I am so excited to go into uh, biohacking. And if you listen to the last episode on healing yourself from the inside out, you know why this type of work is so important in your mindset and physical journey. And we also have my good and dear friend, his wife, Dara. Dara has been a licensed esthetician since 2006. She has received her pilot's license, which that I don't think I knew about. We can talk about that later and kind of dive into that that later. Dara has received her bachelor's in business from Washington and Jefferson University and college in Washington, Pennsylvania. She's worked under incredible other estheticians and business owners here on the island, such as Leah Nishan of The Waxing Company and Ampi and Nicole Santiago of Ampi's Day Spa. Dara made the leap to start her own business, Aesthetics by Dara, in 2014 and has now proudly joined forces with her husband, David, at Na'aupono Wellness which is a family business and they're where they can work and raise their children and really truly build a wellness community. And they have 
educated individuals and provided such quality services and products to promote well-being. So Dara and David, again, thank you so much for being here. We're super stoked to have you. Let's kind of dive into how I know you, Dara. So like I said, we've met each other back at the waxing company years and years ago. Do you remember how old you were at that time? I was no, I don't remember. Um, <laughs> I want to say you were like in your late late twenties. So we weren't we weren't married. This yet. was two thousand. David was still in school. Two thousand nine. That no, two thousand eight or nine. Yeah, yeah. It's gotta gotta be two thousand. Because I remember two thousand eight yeah. or nine. I remember you telling me that you were taking on this job. Right at the waxing you know, company because of stuff that was going on. Right and at that yeah. time at the mm-hmm. at the previous place you worked at. Yeah, and you know it yeah. was it was a second job that mm-hmm. I took on. Right. David was in Pennsylvania, still going to school, and I was at home working. And we had goals. We wanted to get married. We wanted to buy our first home. Yeah. You know, so it was it was a way for us to start and getting more money to invest and work towards those goals. And that the waxing company helped me with that. Yeah, I totally, and same. So I think I came in around 2010 or so. So I was like 22, going 22, 23 at the time. So we were young and you had been working at Ampies for a little while. And I'm curious, what, was your experience working at you know these these small businesses right and learning what worked as an entrepreneur work worked at as a business owner and what you liked and didn't like oh my goodness so i'm still learning what works and doesn't work you know but what i what i do know is having made that transition from aeronautics to aesthetics, which ultimately I figured out very quickly is my passion, you know, and it, it was a means to a solution for personal problems, right? Acne. And once I got into it, it literally became my passion. And I wanted to help people feel the way I felt after fixing my own problem. So that was what I saw you know, in the other female entrepreneurs that I worked for was their passion as well, right? For Ampia Nicole, facials, skincare was their passion and they were excellent at it. I still haven't met any other facialists that do what they taught me, that do what they did back then, that taught me what they taught me, you know, had the philosophies that I learned from them. And then Leah, you know, Something simple as raising the bar in waxing, right? And elevating your experience just by getting your brows done or doing some body waxing. And so for me, I mean, you could tell that it was her passion as well. You know, and that's that's what I took away from that was doing everything with passion. Yeah, I completely agree. And working as a receptionist, uh, we were you know, the initial impression. And it was her attention to detail, even down to fluff the pillows after every single person goes into the room, you know, offer them tea, 
make sure you're wearing makeup, which I didn't always adhere <laughs> to that one. But I remember for me specifically, because the waxing comp- company was also my gateway into aesthetics. And I remember thinking, and this, you were the specific catalyst for this. I remember thinking that these women are so beautiful on the inside and out. And if getting my license gets me one step closer to being like that, then I'm going to do it. You guys, you especially, Dara, and there's a reason, there's a reason as to why you and I are so close or I, really hold you so closely to my heart is because you are so warm and generous and real and authentic. And man, that that job was a, we were put in the pressure cooker in many situations. And me specifically, I was responsible for putting you in the pressure cooker because I was responsible for your schedule. And it was insane, even now as I think back to it. I mean, guys, Dara could do full Brazilians in 15 minutes. And it was only only when we had to. Only when she's not, she doesn't do that now. That, yeah, not by choice. You know, thank you for everything that you said. That is so kind and warm. And that's honestly how, you know, I felt about you too. And, you know, because you as the front desk, like you're saying, you're the front line, right? You folks are telling us what to do, but knowing the entire operation, every single minute, every day, knowing exactly what every esthetician is doing and whatever, every client situation, right? You, you guys hear it. You folks hear it on the phones. You know what our schedule looks like, squeezing somebody in, you know? And so really we depended so much on you, right? For pretty much making or breaking our day. And, and then, and then on top of that, right, having the pressure of, of answering to the bigger bosses, right? To meet, meet the sales for that day, get in the maximum amount of clients so that everybody can make money, right? And that was all on your folks' shoulders. So, you know, I appreciate, I appreciate you very much. Oh, man. I never thought of it that way. Honestly, it was. And maybe this was also just my young mind, but it was just, you know, show up, hang out, did some things. And then just, it was just a job. I knew that it wasn't anything that I loved, but I grew to love the people. And if nothing else, I think one of the biggest takeaways from Wax and Company and our experience there was the importance of relationships. Absolutely of that female bond because i've been in so many situations in which especially in the in the beauty industry like it's such a catty place there is so much comparison and ego and insecurity absolutely and that's what i really appreciated right cuz what i see what i experience is it trickles from the top down right that mentality the mindset right the leaders at the top set up basically this culture in their company and how they treat us bleeds into how we treat our customers, right? And so how we bonded, I mean, it really was something special. We really, you know, all of us, every single one of us, down to the people who came in, you know, to clean the salon, 
every week really made it a special place, you know, but I do agree with you. We all really did work together. We genuinely, sincerely had mutual respect for each other. And that showed in our clients and their loyalty and their dedication and 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 the type of clients that we would attract. Absolutely. I 100% agree. David, I want to shift over to you because shortly after you came home, you also worked for a small business. This was out in, oh, was this Kaneohe area when you were at the YMCA, right? That was also a small business. Well, this was um, at this time, they still had the Kaneohe location at least was on a corner lot. Yeah. Uh, on Pu'inia, right off of Kamehameha also. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the main clinic. And then down the street from there, there was a house that uh, we actually, what was called the satellite clinic. And that's where we took majority of our work comp patients at that time. But it wasn't until just before I left where I was a part of helping to open up that YWCA at Kokokalahi. Yeah, that's so incredible. I'm so curious because you guys have been in these, you've worked for other entrepreneurs. You worked within other people's businesses. What was that transition like? What was that mindset shift like for you to decide that you wanted to go out and create one for yourself and build your own business? David, let's start with you. Yeah. So so actually my passion for it, to be honest with you, didn't didn't develop until uh was it 2000? 11? No. no, 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 it was a little bit after that, 2013, because this was after our son was born. But the interest of opening my own happened while I was in school. And you know, I, I probably would have never had the courage to do so if I haven't met the mentors that I did, you know, in my clinicals. Some of them, you know, to get more experience within physical therapy, I, I did some clinicals within the hospital setting and larger practices that were attached to hospitals as well. But the private practice niche, if you will, was intriguing to me just because of the why, the vast amount of people that we could help. And one in particular that I consider a good mentor of mine uh, was in Pennsylvania. And after my clinical, uh, his name is Mike Gentry, with my level physical therapy in, in Pennsylvania, super successful private practice. I still keep in touch with him on things, but I love the model that he was promoting. He, he really encouraged everybody that worked within the environment to, to have fun, you know, and, and have moments or schedule out moments where we can actually connect with each other and how important that is for everybody. And communication was, was, was huge, you know, within that environment. He was the one that would, that said at the end of the, towards the end of my clinical that, you know, did I ever consider opening my own practice? And I was like, oh, not really, you know? And he was, I would say he was my third, yeah, third to the last clinical. So it was like kind of in the middle. But at that point I was like, oh, this guy's telling me already, you know, that I can open my own. I don't even feel like I'm, I'm ready for it, but it, it stuck in my head since then. And so when I came home uh, to, to do my final clinical rotations, I, I did do clinical rotations at the place I was employed at my first seven years. 
around there. And then another private practice here on island. And I still love the model. I just, it, I was, my eyes were opened on how these practices were run. And I kind of balanced it out with what I was noticing with how they're doing it in the mainland. I, I just kind of pick and chose, you know, like what I agreed with. The family values part I learned, it really resonated with me. I wanted to create a space where families were invited, you know, and we took care of families. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that's also, you know, an old school method, small town method. I just actually, I say that because of that place in Pennsylvania. But more importantly, you know, Hawaii is kind of like that as well, you know, where everything's word of mouth. Most powerful tool in marketing is word of mouth here. And just kind of recognizing your your environment around that too makes a huge, huge difference. And, you know, kind of tailoring towards the clientele that you would want to attract, right? Fast forward to a personal development journey that we both went on, going in steps within the SAI seminars that we took. When I took the men's leadership course, that was actually when it kind of hit me hard. Like, what am I doing? Like I said that I was going to be done working for somebody after five years, but I stayed there for a couple more, literally because I felt safe. But safety is a perspective. And, you know, safety was more of a fear of, I don't know if I can do the same thing that they're doing. But I was looking at it from huge practice, taking large amounts of patients simultaneously. And you folks can kind of resonate with that as well, doing 15-minute body waxes. Um, not to say that you didn't do a good job about it, but feeling like the kind of care that I would want to deliver as a professional, that's not where I wanted to be, right? But, you know, if we were to talk about where biohacking started on that end, I would say within that men's leadership course where my eyes were opened, it's when I fasted about 72 hours, no water, no food. No water. No water, no food. So that was a choice of mine because I thought, nah, we're not going to be out there that long. I really didn't know how long we were going to be out there. So <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's going to be fast. No, it was not. Yeah. So anyway, long story short, you know, uh, you know, amidst the uneven ground that I had to lay on for three days with rocks underneath me and on a slope, that fasting really kind of opened my eyes a bit and kind of cleared everything up. It was like a literal, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual detox. And I just, I've never seen clearly after that. I literally had a notebook with a pen. That's all I had in my bag. And I just wrote exactly what I wanted. The name of this practice, literally, it didn't come to me yet, but I know it had to revolve around integrity. And so the original idea of Na'opono was to operate out of integrity. And that's one of our core values here, right? And the kind of standards that we hold here, yeah, they're going to be up there. You know, we're going to hold ourselves, you know, accountable, but more importantly, you know, we want to make sure that we set, set the bar high, like we were talking about earlier, right? Mm-hmm. Like the models that we were wanting to, you know, take after, right? Yeah. So that's, no. sorry to go along on that one, but that would, that would, that would be more of how I really ventured into opening up my own. I beat myself up for it. But I know that things happen for a reason and, and at the time that they do. Um, and I don't think that I would have appreciated where I am today if I didn't go through those specific steps. 
I think that's amazing. And what I'm hearing is that you put yourself in an uncomfortable situation. You pushed yourself to the very edge, like the very, very edge of your comfort zone, way outside of your comfort zone by not even just limiting, but just completely, I mean, I can't think of the word, but just like depriving yourself of basic physical necessities of food and water in order to bring about that clarity for everything else to fall away. And all you have is your thoughts, your fears, your desires. And that really was the catalyst to push you forward and for you to, to create this. So thank you so much for sharing that. That's, there's not a lot of people out there who would be willing to do that just for the sake of their, their life and their potential and, and what they could create. So thank you again for sharing that. Dara, tell us what it looked like when you uh, decided to create Aesthetics by Dara and go out in that venture. So at the time I was, and this is, you know, full disclosure, I was in a non-compete clause and I was not able to work for anyone else unless that company shut down. And thankfully, our son was just about to turn two and that company shut down. And it was kind of like my opportunity to literally break free and run. And, you know, I was talking about this and listening to, you know, what David just told you. Okay. So we've been together for almost 25 years now and we forget what we were like back then because I listened to our stories. And like I said, it was like a break free and run. We had such deep rooted belief systems that Mm -hmm. it has to be hard in order for us to succeed. And the reason I say that is because we forget when we were 17, we actually wrote down in our journal, and this was out of, you know, our high school puppy love, never wanting to be a part. We created this company called D&D Inc. Yeah. Because we didn't want to be a part. And we completely forgot about that until until we started. You yeah. Until we started. Until Naal Pono and Aesthetics by Dara. Yeah. But that's why I created Aesthetics by Dara was I felt, right, I believed, I I had this illusion that I was being held down and I wanted to break free, you know? So it does give me feedback when I'm talking today on my belief systems back then. then. And thank goodness, you know, I mean, we're still working through a lot of those belief systems, but honestly, we created this also out of convenience, you know, because our family was growing, we have two children and it just became so much easier. And honestly, I I love, you know, working with him. I mean, you know, at the waxing company and, and even at the spa that I worked at, we had long days. I mean, he had long days. We had 10-hour days, right? And that's just 10 hours of taking clients. So there's one hour in the front and then, you know, another hour in the back, right? Setting up and cleaning up. So by the time we get home to each other, I mean, oh yeah, we're exhausted. And I, I didn't... We didn't want that anymore, you know, and, and Isaac was just a baby. And I honestly felt like I missed out so yeah, much we missed out on the first few years and I didn't, I didn't want that anymore. So that's why we created this place. And it's such, it's such a special place. 
Oh my goodness. Like as soon as you walk in, it's just this, you guys, you were speaking about the leadership and really the community or the culture that you create. And it really is, you created that culture in an intangible way that you come in and it feels like home. It feels like we're walking into your guys's living room and it's so welcoming and warm. So you've done it. I commend you guys for creating that and really actualizing, you know, your vision. So I'd really like to shift gears because David, you kind of spoke to the biohacking and you guys have, and Dara, just what the other time that I came in, the other week that I came in for a facial, um, you told me that crazy story about the Tony Robbins event and that how these different life events have influenced your guys' decisions and in, in everything from the machines you use to truly the things that you put in your body. And I'd really like for you guys to speak on that. What was your, could you define biohacking for us and tell us about that journey? You're talking about the upgrade um, when we went to the upgrade conference. Yeah. yeah. But yes, go ahead, Michelle. Define biohacking. Yeah. So a couple parts I want to mention about this too, though. The biohacking part was one of the things that I wrote in that while well, well, I was in that mm-hmm. 72 hour. So to everything that's when you first walk in, the smells, the sounds, the kind of lighting that we have here, that's all part of. The intentional things that I wrote down that I wanted to bring as a service to people as well as ourselves, because you can't really take care of other people without taking care of ourselves. So this environment has to be healing for us as much as everyone else. And the reason I mentioned this, you know, before we actually go into the, if you want to call it a definition of that's where it starts being able to not just acknowledge what kind of environment that you're around. But you make these changes intentionally. So that way you can maximize your potential, optimize your health, right? Whether it be the air you breathe, right? That's what we, we have one of the best filters for filtration in our, in our, in our place intentionally, right? The lighting that we have, right? Um, I had to be very intentional with what kind of lighting is around us environmentally. We absorb light, right? As human beings and energy. Um, we have things that emit very healing energies, whether it be in current or uh, electromagnetic frequencies. Um, they're specific to healing, right? And these are the outside parts, right? That affect things that are happening in your body. We have other types of tech that you're able to actually wear that can manipulate these things, as you know, as the happy, right? Um, there's also things that you can take supplementally. Right. And there's dietary things that we mention within our respective spaces with our respective clients. Right. And so essentially, you know, when you're looking at biohacking, we cannot look at it just with, okay, what do we put in our body? It's also everything else that surrounds us. Healing does start from the inside, but we got to look at everything. You know, we got to make sure we take everything into consideration because we're so much more connected than we think. And even just as, as a culture, you know, as human beings here on earth, I think we just got to raise the awareness a little bit, you know, and that's what we want to be yeah. a part of. And mm-hmm. that's what we are a part of. And living in a, you know, 
living in a modern society, stress is a huge, huge factor that people aren't even aware of that they're stressed out or exhausted or fatigued, right? So creating this place where people can come in and literally step in here and just take a deep breath is the intention of this place. One of the biggest things about biohacking though is how do we make it objective? We live in an age now where people want to know, like, how do we know that it's working, right? Part of it is also educating them on taking a breath to see where they are in this space at this moment. Having that experience itself is an objective thing. We also have tech here that can also measure, um, that provide them literal data that maps out what is going on with their body, whether it be biometric type of things from, you know, like our, our ring from Mora or Biostrab, or whatever company you want to choose to, to monitor your biometrics, like I said. Or, you know, like we have a tech here called a neural check, you know, that we can take a look at so many different things within our body, depending on, you know, how they want to measure after they go into the chamber or after they experience our, uh, a session with brain tap right? Using different lights and different frequencies, right? Binaural beats, guided meditations. Some people have a hard time kind of conceptualizing with, how do we know if this works? I haven't toyed around with it yet in the, in regards to supplementation, but in the tech realm, we know for sure that using this type of measurable tool that we have here, for those of us that choose to be in the analytical space, they love that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think the most impactful thing is having and teaching others about how can we objectify what we're feeling, you know, like we're experiencing taking that deep breath first, acknowledging where they are, you know, before, you know, making a, a judgment on what to do. You know, sometimes we, we kind of push into that realm of, okay, let's correct. But what are we correcting? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And reminding, you know, reminding our customers that you can choose how you want to feel. Mm -hmm. Giving them that, reminding them of that autonomy. I think that's so important, so impactful. I mean, just to speak specifically, David, when when I come in for, for my wellness sessions with you, it's not just, okay, what, you know, what do you want to fix? You know, what's wrong? But there really is a deep and vulnerable conversation and connection, which is also something that that I choose to have, right? Because I am very much of a deep and vulnerable and open person. But one, you also make it a very safe space. You create, both of you guys create the safe space to have this kind of vulnerability. And, and you ask me, hey, what's going on? And we've talked about everything from, you know, motherhood to entrepreneurship to mindset and everything. And from there, we kind of decide and navigate, okay, Pume, what do you, what do you need right now? You know, what does Pume need? How can we support you in the various ways? I'd like to just get a little specific on, on really, because you, you were kind of, you were talking about the different types of tech. You mentioned the chamber. Let's talk about maybe your top to tech that you guys that you are most excited about because you guys have so many like I, I it's so fun and so incredible but um what are the top two 
pieces of tech that you are excited about. It also differentiates yourself from any other physical therapy office on the island. Top two for me, top two for her. Yeah, let's do it. I hope, (laughs) is it different? That's so funny. I, yeah, let's hear it. Okay, so um, I'll go first then. Yeah, go ahead. I would say the hyperbaric chamber is one. Yeah, for the obvious reasons of breathing and oxygen and how, you know, it, it just... It's one of these underestimated things. What does it do? What's the purpose of a hyperbaric chamber? Yeah, so the hyperbaric chamber, you're you're increasing the pressure within there, you know, to get more oxygen. It basically pushes oxygen into your plasma, so that way it it spreads, you know, throughout your your body, and you can literally heal, you know, from from the inside, right? What's cool about it too, though, is that it, um, what we've learned from from Doctor Sher is about how it structures you know, the lining of our vessels and the same type of things that happen with another tech that we have, the NanoV, which it converts water into, into this structured type of exclusion zone water that basically helps our proteins to fold more consistently. So basically we're healing quicker, right? More efficiently, in other words, right? You can do that in the same respect within the chamber, right? But what's cool about it is that like so many different things can happen in there depending on what you want to add. Like, for example, you can throw in a methylene glue before you go in there just to increase the amount of, the, the amount of oxygen transport that you're having to, to re-energize your cells, right? And I think starting there with the chamber, you're getting so much happening inside that normally you cannot have. There's never a moment where you have 100% oxygen, right? Unless you're in there which is so cool. Like you have this window, an hour, right? Like just to do the most impactful things you want to do, right? Um, after a chamber session. That's one. The second one, I would say, gosh, well, hopefully none of my friends from these companies are saying, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, what about my stuff? No, no, I, I really enjoy the newbie. You know, newbie's been one of my, one of my favorite things. I mean, every single piece of equipment here has, has a special place in our hearts just from experience and, and how we share this with our clients. But I must say like the newbie is, is one of my favorites, just how it utilizes direct current, you know, in order to, you know, to expose things as much as heal things. When you say expose things, mm-hmm. tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. 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 So it's kind of cool too. We can use it as an assessment tool, just as much as a treatment tool. So Places that we may not even think, right, that we are compensating with, or we have these specific patterns or spots that just light up, you know, under assessment that normally, like if we were to touch different parts of our body, we wouldn't be able to feel it. Once we put that pad on there, it's like, no, 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 that place is really there, right? So what's cool though, is that when you, when, when you start to expose that area, right, and then we have specific attention to or replace the pads right and we kind of shift over into the the treatment method right the new fit method we start to break these patterns and so when we start to essentially break these patterns uh through through the nervous system we can finally get to strengthening or re-educating patterns you know without this guarding mechanism you can strengthen in a very safe zone I, you know me, I'm, a, I'm, I'm also a manual therapist, right? So a lot of the, the skilled manual therapy I've learned, I always approach first. I'm, I'm, I was 
a skilled manual therapist first. That's why. So having something like this to push the envelope and create more of an efficient way to heal was a no-brainer for me. And so I really connected with it after I personally got injured within that event that we were mentioning earlier. Tell me about that. Yeah, yeah. So I say it's a fall, but it's not a fall. It's a jump. <laughs> yes. we, we, chose, we chose. We chose to jump. <laughs> you know, you know, and, and that, that specific event, you know, it, me and Dara, we're, we're very much risk takers. When people are saying like, oh yeah, okay, well, it's going to be a scary event. You know, we're, we're two stories up, you know, actually it's a little bit more than two stories two up. It's two and a half stories up. Anyway, we, we were just like, yeah, let's do this, right? We've done, we've done events before that are, that are way more life-threatening than this one. Well, let's go ahead and do it. And so we were close to the end, right, of the, of the event. And my wife, oh, Dara, she jumped first. And without knowledge of or we, without us being educated on necessarily how to jump and fall back appropriately, right, for safety measures. What were you jumping into? Oh, it was a stunt bag, like those, those inflatable stunt bags, right? And so what happened was she jumped first, right? I can't see over the platform. So I'm just, I'm just look, thinking like, oh, it's great, right? And the guy that was kind of leading the event or, or not the event, but the, that station, I looked at him and he was like, yeah, you can go ahead. And so shortly after she jumped, which I didn't know that she injured her, her neck at that point. I jumped, not knowing that the actual stunt bag wasn't fully inflated. And yeah, so, we're talking like 30 seconds apart. Yeah. I jumped and then he jumped. You know, I wasn't really aware, you know, like what was going on, right? Anyway, we just felt rushed. And mm -hmm. at the same time, we were just kind of like, let's do this, you know, like <laughs> we, we do, we're not thinking twice. So, you know, I, I went ahead and jumped. And I did, I felt the concrete underneath me from two and a half stories up. Uh. And I felt like I, I remember jumping and I saw the bag and I, I, I couldn't tell from up above that it was deflated. Yeah. Right. And all I felt was, um, cause I was like, oh, I should lean back. I remember being in midair, like, oh yeah, I'm going to lean back. But then because of the, the deflating, you know, thing, my legs just dropped under me. And I, that's when I felt like all the force just went up and I felt myself just kind of like coil and I just I couldn't breathe. And I remember lying there thinking like, Man. you know, I got, I was thinking about the kids, you know, that's the first thing I thought of literally. And I, I was like, okay, let me wiggle my toes first. And they were, you know, they were moving wiggle my, my fingers, my hands. And I was like, okay, that's the good sign. The good you know? sign. And then, you know, I'm going through this whole assessment in my head, right? Medical kind of clearance, if you will. And then as soon as I tried to like roll off, I couldn't, I was, I was frozen and I couldn't breathe. And I couldn't move. And I, I could hear Dara. I was muffled, but you know, when, when you, you undergo a trauma, you know, so impactful in a short period of time, you know how you have like this deafening and this kind of ringing at the same time. Like in the movies. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Like the movies, right? And so I didn't know like what was going on, you know, and, and Derek, I, I heard her like climb onto the, in, onto the bag at the same time with all the motion in the bag. I was like, oh man, all of that hurt. <laughs> I remember thinking that. And, you know, they tried getting me up. They tried pulling me up off the bag. I was like, don't touch me. Right. Cause like, 
everything that they did was was painful wrong <laughs> right and so so i they so, uh they called emergency like whoever was on on staff on you know standby which was were i think they were firemen yeah they were firemen and so they deflated the um the stunt bag and i'm lying there with the thing completely flat and the lady one of the volunteers came up and the first thing she asked me or the first thing she told me was you signed a waiver good lord and i know when dara told me that part of the story i was like no i was like livid i was so mad like i don't know how i did it though yeah adrenaline kick i sat up myself and I'm he like, stood up i'm like i'm walking out of here yeah you're like do you want emergency care like we'll take you it's like no i don't want shit. you know like excuse me language, but <laughs> i was i was so you upset you know <laughs> um and so i we walked out of there i mean i looked pretty walking out but i didn't no. care i was like screw you guys no, for sure. For sure. That's insane. That's such an insane experience. Tell me from there and from that, like you said, physical trauma, you know, how did the new, am I, the newbie, how am I pronouncing? The newbie. newbie. Yeah. So the newbie, I didn't, ex- I didn't experience until the next day. And what was great was, I mean, long story short, we did get some help with some friends that were, I mean, if you get hurt, this is the conference to get hurt at, by the way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, everybody that has healing elements, they're they're there. But seriously, though, you know, they did a lot to help me at that acute situation. And then the next day is when I actually met Garrett, right, the CEO of of Newbie, and I was introduced to him by, you know, a close friend of ours, one of the co-founders of the NanoV of N3, Rowena, and she brought us over to one of her friends, Garrett, and that's how we met him. And when we walked over. He saw me. He looked right at me. And whoever was he just finished with, and usually at these at these events, they have like a whole list. A right? sign up. A sign up sheet for people to try out, right? And then you come back at whatever time. He's like, you need this now. <laughs> he took me in front of the list of people. And by that itself, like it, it spoke volumes to me. You know, it connected with me. It was, it would be something that I would do somebody that is genuinely hurt you know so super super grateful for meeting him super genuine guy good heart you know family man like me dad humor just like me (laughs) but the way that we went through the whole process (laughs) he went through the process of the assessment with me he did the whole new fit method approach with me and that kind of opened my eyes to, oh man, there's more than just what I've learned, not just within school, but even, you know, I would say is the most advanced educational platform for physical therapists, right? I learned under one of the greatest mentors ever, Earl Petman. He was with Niamh at the time. Now he has his own Aspire, Aspire PT or manual therapist. And I mean, it just, it, it connected the dots for me. Like it just, it just made sense. Everything that he was saying and everything that I was experiencing as he was assessing me and treating me, I was like, you know, everything that I've learned within, you know, the educational platform with Earl and what he was doing with me using this technology just connected so easily. I was like, I got to get this machine. I got to get it. Like, this is what I would, this is what I'm looking for. And really, you know, other than NanoV that we first started Mm -hmm. with, 
newbie was the one that was like, you know what, this is where we're going. Yeah. And so when we came home, that was our new investment because we only had Nanobi at the time. But I want to go back to that day when he got hurt and what we did after. So I'm not going to reveal any names because it was just a surreal. I mean, we could not make this shit up. We come down to the lobby. I had no idea what we were going to do, right? Our two kids were in California with us. And thank goodness our in-laws were with us. But I was just thinking to myself, okay, what are are we going to do? How are we going to get home? He was barely walking. And our friends that we had met that day introduced us to this doctor who was a guest at the conference. And he was... High as a kite. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so so willing to help. All kinds of healing modalities. Oh, healing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so willing to help. And thankfully, I mean, just divine timing. He met us at the Porco Share. We got David into the car. I don't know by how miraculously. Yeah. Drove seven minutes to his clinic where literally everything Almost that was everything. at the conference yeah. was there. Yeah. Which uh, gave us yeah. great feedback on what works. On what works yeah. in an acute yeah. situation. Yeah, I would say the he had a charger. We have a biocharger, right? He had that. He had red light. He had the pulse, a pulse table, the pulse PEM, right? Yeah. That we have here. The only thing he didn't have was the the, the chamber and um, the, newbie. the newbie and the and then and the nanobe too. Right, but oh, so he was goals for you guys, had, and yeah. you are you are there. Yeah, I mean, these are these are high ticket stuff, right? So he and he knows that it works. He's a very yeah. he, he was all energetic. He's a very energetic person. That's why. So which is which is great that like resonates yeah. with us, right? So and he allowed yeah. us to stay there for as long as five hours. Yeah. I think my father in law came to pick oh, us like up at twelve thirty, middle of the night, middle of the yeah. night, middle of the night. Oh, After goodness. having treated David yeah. for five hours, yes. <laughs> So yeah. it is a testament. Like it is a testament to everything we have here. Yeah, he, didn't, he didn't charge me. Dang. That's what I mean. I think it's because he was high. <laughs> we were we were only here for 20 minutes. You're not gonna argue though. I mean <laughs> time was very, very slow. But we are so grateful. <laughs> we're so grateful to him. You know, we saw him again and he remembered he did know. the guy with the broken back. Yeah, he's like, how's it? Oh my god! Like, how's your back? So I was like, oh man, I'm actually like top shape. Yeah, like my back is, you know, and it's kind of crazy because I, I really wanted to push myself after that, like after I healed from that, uh, using the newbie, as well as the other things too. But I wanted to see what was the potential of this specific tech, right? So I, I tested it out, and you know, me and another friend, we did a goal of like of lifting 400 pounds which i've never done before in my life even before this and after an injury in less than eight months after i got injured i was able to deadlift uh, 400 pounds which was like that's insane insane like i remember we went to the conference and uh gareth's like whoa you got big <laughs> i was like yeah <laughs> we were doing a little bit of experimenting you know with your machine but it was because we were, I was, we were deadlift. We had, a, we we're on a this serious deadlift program, right? Building strength. You are a living testament to a lot of these machines. I think that's, that says a lot, right? About a business person, about a human in general, is that 
I'm not going to ask you to do something that I haven't done myself. I am not going to put you or use these kinds of modalities or do these things unless I have tested it out myself. And that's that's where the integrity, that's where, you know, Naopono really, like you said, it's a core value. And that's where you guys shine. Right. And what I really do appreciate and love, like you said, you know, there's so many people out there. There's so many individuals who are just like, okay, let me fix you. Like, okay, this is, you know, this is what you're telling me is wrong. These are surface level issues, problems, right? And what I love and appreciate about you guys and also about biohacking in general is that these are holistic root cause solutions. Um, with that, Dara, I a couple of things. I do want to hear what your two favorite tech is in the office. And then I want to hear how you incorporate biohacking and wellness into, you know, an aesthetics business. So of course. That I, I've always found so super interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, inflammation that shows up on our skin is rarely about what's happening on the skin, right? If it's showing up on the outside, there's already some type of inflammation that happened on the inside. Injury, damage, stress that happened on the inside that's now showing up on the skin. So my favorite is actually two stacks. So I love doing the pulse with the nano V and red light. (laughs) That's my ultimate favorite. (laughs) And even if I can do it for, so the nano V is the 15 minute session. So if I can even do it, for 15 minutes, it makes such a huge difference in how I feel. And just even looking like I got to take a little nap mm. or I got a little bit of rejuvenation. So that's one. The other one is doing brain tap inside of the hyperbaric chamber after I did a methylene blue. <laughs> See, it's not fair. No, I'm, I look like a bad guy. Like I'm not <laughs> mentioning all that. While I have the young goose hyperbaric All right. mask on God, my face. Come on. Efficient. She is nothing but Kill efficient. Me. Can I go back? Can I go back? That's <laughs> true. Can I change my answer, please? <laughs> well, but, but to be honest, we both stack. We, we do. Because yes. there's not much time. No. You know, and, and we're, we're so, so grateful and so, so lucky that we have this place. Right. But, but we literally created this place to, for a solution for a lot of our problems. And so in the aesthetics space, you know, I can educate my client about exactly what I said. It didn't start here. It's showing up here. It's ending up here because it's starting somewhere else, whether it be gut, whether it be stress, whether it be, you know, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual stress will manifest into something else if we're not addressing it or trying to push it down. That's when it even will come up with a vengeance even more when we're trying to push it down, temper it down, push it away, fight it. And these are the things, right, that can really help treating an acne client, you know, severe acne client with something as simple as nanov is so super helpful. It's such an easy 15-minute, $35 add-on to any facial. Doing the hyperbaric chamber right after a recovery facial, which uses Young Goose's revolutionary hyperbaric oxygen mask, Leaving it on. I used that last night. Yes. Not going to lie. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And then have them climb into the chamber oh, yeah. after. 
you know, those are, those are things that I can help them right now that they can visibly start to see results and then start to, you know, as I'm educating them, all those micro decisions that you are making throughout your day, mm-hmm. you can make different decisions. Just start small, small. and being aware yeah. of the micro decisions that you're making that are becoming a cumulative problem. Yeah. And so in the aesthetic space, that's how, that's how I approach my clients. And it's, it's not, there is no quick fix, you know. I feel like a lot of this parallels, you know, with how our respective practices are, Absolutely. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and these things show up in our movement as well, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, when we're approaching whatever self-care looks like, you know, to them, whether it be through their skin or through mm-hmm. their body, hopefully both, right? <laughs> Doing it, you know, one small step at a time, you know, yeah. makes the biggest difference, right? Everybody feels like they got to do everything. Yeah. Right. But it becomes overwhelming and then the stress factor just increases more. Right? Yeah. It, it's not, we're not here to overwhelm. No. And you that's know? where, that's where I feel like they, people set their, themselves up for failure. Sure. It's not going to be perfect. And perfect mm-hmm. is also a perception, right? It looks mm-hmm. differently to every, just like success looks differently to everyone. Self care looks differently. To well, everyone, yeah. right. But it's under the belief that, you know, from my side, when we, like what we see when you look in the mirror, you start to feel better. And then when you feel better, you start to make better decisions. Mm-hmm. And that affects your entire community and everybody around you just by feeling good about how you look and how you are showing up. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. As you guys were saying, and and from what I know about you, and then even throughout this this episode, what keeps coming up for me is this how how transformation really lights us up physical transformation having a broken back to to being able to deadlift 400 pounds david i i can only imagine you could write a book with all of the stories of clients where where you you know they've come in one way with some sort of limitation and by like you said Dara, making these you know, little micro decisions on living differently, on choosing different things, on prioritizing different things. You know, they are, they've done a complete 180, both physically and mentally and spiritually. I know in some cases you guys do have these communities and you do have clients who who value um, even the spiritual aspect as well. And Dara, same for you. You have these clients that have come in and you've worked with them or, or even, and that's one of the things that I absolutely loved about being a facialist is the client comes in, into the spa, into the office, the beginning of the their appointment, they are one way. They are looking one way. They are feeling one way. And even 60 minutes to 90 minutes later, you're waiting for them outside and they are literally beaming and glowing. And like you said, they, you, they love what they see. They like what they see. And that is something incredibly special about what it is that we do. Just being able to hold that space for them. Absolutely. And pour into them in the ways that we knew how, that we know how, you know, um, and and to help them love themselves even more. Dara, I don't know if you remember this, but in one of our facialist sessions, you 
you shared your definition of selfish with me. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Can you share that with the with the listeners? What is your definition for selfish? So I love that word because to me, being selfish means being in alignment with yourself, finding the vibration that is right for you and feels right for you and following that vibration, which is really our inner selves. That's what being selfish means to me. And I think it's a beautiful word because the more selfish we can be, actually, the more we can give is what I experience. When you first told me that, it it blew my mind just because of what we've grown up with right. and the connotation that we have to that word and the way that word has been used with us. You're so selfish. Like it's, it's negative. That's a tone though that we use with that word, mm. right? And Very so true. the same thing that we, you know, when we teach our, our kids is, you know, these are words and whatever energy that you deliver it with makes the biggest difference. So that's no different than the word selfish. You could say, oh, yeah, I am selfish, yeah. you know, or, oh, so selfish, <laughs> right? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, it's an energy. Yeah. It's, you know, words, words have a power and energy with them, you know, and it comes from the person that delivers it. Mm -hmm. Mm, Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. I could talk to you guys all day and I (laughs) want to wrap this up, but one more, one more thing, because this was really important. And I actually, I actually made a, like a reel about this a while back based on Dara, again, a video that you did and you're, you guys were talking about one of the machines that you had, and you said something about getting to failure faster. And I was like, I, I wrote in a comment, I was like, when you say getting to failure faster, um, and I asked you to elaborate on that. I mean, I know when you elaborated on it, you were talking about physical, like getting to muscle failure faster. But me, in true mindset coaching fashion, I was like, oh, like getting to failure in every aspect of the word faster that like just take action. And and that was, again, such a huge mindset shift. But I'd like you to share with the listeners, you know, share from both aspects of getting to failure faster, getting to muscle failure faster and either David or Dara either one, but getting to muscle failure faster. And then from an entrepreneur mindset, what does that look like? And what does that sound like to you? I I don't think there's any difference because, you know, whether it be, you know, like we mentioned before, it shows up in our movement and shows Mm -hmm. up in our, in our our skin Mm -hmm. or, you know, on how we present ourselves, but the, the failure aspect, right. Getting to failure faster. If we were to, you know, to kind of attach that to that specific exercise that she was doing, for example, right? Using the X3, we're using these resistance bands, right? And the intention is to, yes, get to failure faster, right? They have this resistance that you choose, right? And you're wanting to get into this zone of, you know, uh, relatively high reps to a higher reps, right? Until you can't push anymore, right? And literally when you get to that threshold, that is when you're going to undergo the most impactful change, right? In a short period of time. And 
as long as you stick with that rhythm and you connect with that rhythm, you're not taking breaks in between. You're not feeling sorry for yourself. Um, as long as you're, you stick with it and you keep going until you can't push it anymore, you're going to undergo that change in the most optimal way. Right. And that carries over with all the things that we do. It's not even just the physical. This carries over with every single part of us. Right. Yeah. And like how you're talking about mindset. Right. I mean, when you're pushing yourself physically, mm-hmm. there's a moment in there where you're like, oh my God, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you're still alive. Right. And all of a sudden, right. It's just kind of like, Having a contraction from one minute to the next, you feel like you're going to die. And the next minute you're talking or eating, right? And so same thing with the, with the mindset. If we can prove to ourselves, right, it's, it's a practice like meditation, right? So getting to failure faster, knowing that I'm still going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I can get myself back to calm again. So whether it be someone coming in, for example, like if I double booked myself, like, Holy shit, I have two clients at one time. It's going to be okay. Right? (laughs) One step at a time. It's going to be okay. Not going to last forever. It's going to hurt for a little bit. We're going to struggle for a little bit. And then it's going to be okay. So it's that practice, right? So when you're doing it physically, when you're pushing yourself to failure, and then in the next 30 seconds, you can breathe. And like, oh my God, I did that. And you're still alive. And that can be, that can be with anything that we, that, that happens during our day, right? Like, oh my God, I got through that and I'm okay. What else can I get through? Right. Yeah. What else? Yeah. And, the most and important then just part. reminding. Oh yeah. Most important part is celebrate the wins. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, celebrate oh, goodness. that. You know what I mean? Oh. Like after you should see like when our days are stacked like that, especially when it involves the kids, we're like, yes, we made it, you know? <laughs> that's that that's a thing that we do i love that they and for those of you who can't see they did all oh that's literally bump. what we do that's so funny i love that well one of the questions i wanted to ask but we are going to wrap this up but what quickly what is it like working with your spouse it can go one of either way it is amazing no i'm just kidding i honestly i love it like this is what we wanted when yep. we were so young. And now that we have it, I love it. Yep. And I even complain, like when we're so busy, when we get home, I'd be like, oh my God, I didn't see you all day. I didn't talk to you all day. And, you know, <laughs> you know, and I think it's good though, because like we, we touch, you know, a lot of people every day, literally, mm-hmm. right? We connect with a lot of couples. We do know that not everyone, not every couple is able right. to have this type of mm-hmm. working relationship if you want to call, you know, in mm-hmm. this, in this respect, but to be honest with you, like a lot of it really tests our communication. Actually it improves our communication mm-hmm. because even though we pass by each other, we don't really have that same connection that we typically do when we're outside of work. Yeah. So, you know, we, we make it a point, right? Like not even just during the day, like if we have any open moments, mm-hmm. but after the kids go to sleep, we're, we're still in, our work mode. But I think, you know, I think that's what you know? it is. You know, like there is no delineation. Yeah. Like we live like, like this is our real this is our life. life. Yeah. You know, the For things sure. that we do and how we're, and right. how we speak and how we act like there is no delineation from work and not work. You know, this is our passion. What you see is what you get. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like literally this is our passion. This mm-hmm. is our life's work. And we are so fortunate to be able to make money doing it. Yeah. You know, and we do, we were able to kind of give each other feedback on our respective profession, mm-hmm. you know, too, like from what we observe mm-hmm. on the outside. And, you know, it's funny because like we, we talk about our respective professions to each other. And then we kind of like ask them like, Hey, I thought you said that the sunblock is supposed to be just, you know, and just like, Oh, uh, yeah. And can do it that way too, you know, but you know, we, we, we do, we, we ask questions to each other. We ask the tough questions. We ask like things that may seem like it contradicts each other, but it's, it's really genuinely. So, so we understand, right. Mm-hmm. Um, that we, so we can build each other up. It's and, synergy. Um, it is. Right? It is. It yeah. is for sure. Oh, I love that so much. You guys are so, you guys are goals. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much thank you. for taking this time and sharing with us. And like I said, sharing your mana'o and your wisdom and your experiences. Uh, for those who want to interact with you guys online or, you know, physically, if they want to meet you, how how can our listeners connect with you guys? So we do have our two Instagram um, accounts right now that pretty soon, you know, um, stay tuned. We are going to be changing that as well. But David is at Nal Pono Wellness and I am at Aesthetics by Dara. We also on have Instagram, our webs yeah. on Instagram. And we also have our website that is currently nalponophysicaltherapy.com. And that is also might be changing in the yeah. future. Oh, and we have Facebook as well. Yeah. Uh, as well as a YouTube. All under Nalpono Wellness, correct. But DM us, call us. Mm-hmm. We love to talk about this stuff. Totally. And you guys, I will go ahead and put that all of that information in the show notes. Um, and again, I am a living testament of what they do. I, like we said, you know, I'm not going to ask you guys to do something that I haven't done and I am both of their clients. So yes, absolutely. I have a bias, but it is because it works. So guys, again, thank you so much for, for joining me. I, I really, I would love, we've got to do this again because there's so much that we didn't cover. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Sure. sure, sure, sure. Absolutely. Thank you so much for this opportunity. It was such yeah. an honor. Yeah. And oh my gosh, we're so proud of you. Super. We were just talking you are about doing that. Amazing. Yeah. It's going to make me cry. Don't do Thank that. Thank you for all of your beautiful work that Thank you're you doing. Thank you so much, guys. <laughs> Until next time. Aloha. Aloha. Thanks so much for listening. If this episode served you, please do me a small favor and head to your favorite podcast platform to rate and review the show. Your small act will play an exponential role in getting these powerful conversations out into the world. Be sure to connect with me on Instagram at at Pumehana Palmer and DM me with your insight and takeaways. See you next time. Aloha.